I'm Mina Starziak-Hawk, and this is Mina AF, where I answer all of your questions and you can ask me anything. Can we talk about money? Can you still breastfeed with implants? You're both boss moms, and I'd love to know the story of how you met. Literally anything any of you want to hear. Listen as we build a community and get to know each other better. Hey, everybody. Uh, Happy Tuesday. Glad everyone made it through Monday. Welcome back to Mina AF. There have been a ton of questions about like, what is going on? What are you doing? Is the world ending? Why is everything closing? Um, So we're going to address a lot of your questions in today's update episode. So I'm going to start with um, an Instagram question I actually got from a, a gal named Shara G. And she says, I wanted to know what is happening with Two Chicks HQ. I followed the build and I've heard you mention here and there about moving. Now that you've downsized your company, are you getting rid of the HQ you built? I'm a big fan and I went to District Co. for souvenirs when I was in Indian May. So thanks for visiting. But we're going to start with the HQ update. So yes, you guys all saw on an episode of the show the build of headquarters. And it really has been something that I wanted to do for a long time. I kept moving spaces, kept having rental spaces, um, storage units, things like that. And we were spread, you know, all over God's green earth. And when I had this like goal and this dream of what I thought I wanted two chicks and a hammer to be, we had this big home base. And when I built headquarters, I 100% overbuilt because I was like, I don't know what this is going to be. I don't want to run into space. You know, I want to have this amazing place where we don't ever have to leave. And, you know, right around being in there a year, a lot of things have changed. Um, a lot of things that you guys have I've heard on the episode. And when I created headquarters, the whole first floor, it's, you know, it's over 3,000 square feet of just storage because I'm storing 13 houses, you know, 13 episodes worth of vanities and appliances and flooring and tile and all these things that with not doing another season of the show, I didn't need to do anymore. And I'll get to um, like the update on the downsizing of the team a little bit. But, uh, you know, I, I did talk about how how hard all those decisions were. And with having fewer people on the team, the space was empty. And it's a space that I have a mortgage on for, I don't know, it's like a couple hundred thousand dollars. So there's a mortgage payment. And it just wasn't making sense to be in the space anymore. So myself and Finley and Brittany, um, who are the only two employees that aren't working, you know, out of Two Chicks District Co., moved up here if you're watching on YouTube to the, the third floor of my house and set up our little office space and my recording studio here. And I listed headquarters for sale and for rent. I do not want to sell it. I did not want to sell it. But I wanted to also keep my options open because I guess I just wanted to keep my options open. And I I didn't I felt like if you know, an offer that was too good to pass up came through, I would take it. But the hope has been to rent it while I'm in. You guys were calling this <laughs> this is what I'm telling I told my banker. I told my um accountant. I will tell my therapist, we're calling this the rebuilding year. But the funny thing is I don't know what I'm rebuilding to quite yet. I just know it needs to be 
better and more authentic and bringing me more joy. So it's our rebuilding year. So I want to rent headquarters, not sell it because maybe I decide that who knows, who the heck knows? I'm going to start like a huge construction company and we're going to have 10 offices or maybe I'm going to start, you know, an event planning business and that's where the I, I don't know. I just wanted to keep my options open. So the headquarters has been for rent for a while now, you guys. Um it was a super rocky <laughs> Uh, first listing because we had like an all cash offer. It seemed too good to be true. And of course it was. So me and the team that was still on, so MJ was still on then, Austin was like, we busted a move to get that space empty. And it was a lot. Um, It was a lot, a lot, a lot of work. And that fell through. And so it's literally been sitting empty, ready to rent or sell for several months now. I mean, real estate's just weird. Commercial real estate's even weirder. So I think literally actually this week, I got a letter of intent from a company um, to do a, a fairly short-term lease on it, 18 months while they renovate their facility. And I really like that idea. It's going to you know, cover all the bills. It's going to put someone in the space. So it's not just sitting empty. It's getting utilized. Um, and it gives me the option in 18 months to revisit what I want to do with it because I guess... I'm not really ready to let go of that dream yet, even though I don't know what the dream is anymore. Um, But so that's what's going on with headquarters. And then obviously, most of you know the store. I announced that I'm going to be closing the store at the end of the year, which also was a really hard thing to decide. Um, It's been open for three years. It opened in, in the middle of COVID. And when it was when my sister and my sister in law, Alexa, um, we're still working for me and we were all, and MJ, we were all so passionate about it and what we wanted it to be and what we wanted it to do in the community. And we wanted it to be a place where people would come and bring their laptops and drink a glass of wine and work and then, you know, grab a candle to take home uh, at the end of the day or the the gift to the baby shower or, you know, they just moved to Bates Hendricks and they were going to come and buy pretty things for their home. Like, Wanted it to be a neighborhood place that was the go-to, but also really wanted it to be a destination for people coming in from out of town. And it really was much more successful at being the latter. I would say over the last three years, probably 85 plus percent of the people that come through the doors are from out of town, which is so cool. And I've met so many amazing people from other countries that came to Indiana because they wanted to come to the store. And you know, my husband and my kids, my kids grew up in the store. You know, they 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 think they think they own it. It's gonna be really weird not having it at in its old form, but it's been so challenging. Retail is such a challenging industry. And retail in its, itself like wasn't anything I was ever really passionate about. When I came home and told Steve, I think I'm gonna close the store, he was like, Absolutely not. We're gonna figure this out, we're gonna work through it, we're gonna, we're gonna troubleshoot. And I said, Retail is just not my passion. And his response was, okay, then we're not. We're not going to do any of those things. If that's not your passion, that's not what we're going to do. I want to make sure you know that that's the right thing, that it's not your passion. And you know, none of these decisions came lightly or easily, but the store has been open for three years. And I think when we close our doors at the end of the year, I'll be almost in a position to uh, you know, pay off the construction mortgage on the building and hopefully be even Stevens. And again, with that one, I don't know what I want to do with it. Um, 
I definitely don't want to sell it. I have like a very strong emotional connection to that space. And I don't really know why because I'm not a super emotional person. But it's so it, – there's just – all of these things matter because if I can't pay down the mortgage, there is a mortgage payment. And I've got HQ mortgage payment. I've got DECO mortgage payment. I've got you know the, the couple employees I'll still have making sure I pay their salaries. And with not really knowing what I'm doing in the future, it's really hard to like financial plan. Like how much money is going to be coming in? Do I need to sell this? Do I need a big asset gone? Am I going to be able to like figure it out over the next year and a half without actually having to you know, sell or get rid of anything? And I don't know the answer to a lot of those yet. Eating better is so easy with Factors Delicious ready-to-eat meals. All their meals are chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. With over 35 different options to choose from every single week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto, Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals are ready to heat and eat whenever you are. My absolute favorite meal from them was a shrimp pasta one, and that is hard to do in a warmed-up meal, and they were so perfect. They also have more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after your goals. Factor is flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week, and you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. That's right, no prep and no mess. We've done the math, and Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash MinaAF50 and use code MinaAF50 to get 50% off. That's code MinaAF50 at factormeals.com slash MinaAF50 to get 50% off. EarthBreeze Eco Sheets look just like a dryer sheet, but it's an ultra-concentrated liquidless laundry detergent. It is the best of all worlds. EarthBreeze is tough on stains and odors while being kind to the planet and your skin. I absolutely love them. They're so convenient. They take up very little space, and you don't have the giant bulky jugs that always leak, no matter how hard I try. One EarthBreeze Eco Sheet does all the hard work for you. And these tiny sheets can stop millions of detergent jugs from entering our ecosystem. Not only is it better for the planet, but EarthBreeze is also better for sensitive skin. EarthBreeze Eco Sheets are dermatologist tested, hypoallergenic, and free of bleach, dyes, and parabens. Making a positive impact in the world doesn't have to come at a cost to you. My clothes are clean, they smell great, and I feel like I've actually done something good just by doing my laundry. I think you should give it a try, and if you decide to go back to your old stuff for whatever reason, you get a full refund on your EarthBreeze purchase, no questions asked. Right now, my listeners can receive 40% off EarthBreeze just by going to earthbreeze.com slash MinaAF. That's earthbreeze.com slash MinaAF to cut out single-use plastic in your laundry room and claim 40% off your subscription. earthbreeze.com slash MinaAF. I'm hoping to find someone that wants to be in District Co um, and make it continue to be like a staple on that that corner in Bates Hendricks because that was really important to me. The development of any neighborhood is such a tricky balance between residential and commercial and losing a commercial spot on a corner like that 
definitely isn't a step in the right direction and not something that you know wasn't a huge part of my thought process. But, you know, the, any restaurant owners, any small business owners, anyone who's had to close their doors that's listening, I think particularly through COVID, so many restaurants would announce that they were closing and then it would just go gangbusters. And, you know, I saw conversations and comments about, you know, if if a third of you had come regularly it, because you love it so much that, and you're all coming now, I wouldn't have had to close. And unfortunately, that's just not how our minds work. So since the announcement, it has just been bonkers with online sales and in the store, everyone wanting to come before we close. And I can't help but have that conversation in my head like, dang, you guys, if 10% of you had made this like your regular spot to get your birthday gift instead of Amazon or, you know, where you grabbed your coffee instead of Starbucks, maybe, maybe it would be different. I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't, but it's, and I get it. I get, I go, I buy on Amazon and I'm like thinking through like trying to be so much more mindful about that stuff because it really is really hard for small businesses out there. And there's been some comments that, you know, I've seen that like, you know, Mina's trying to break all ties with everything, family business owned. So she's done with this. So she's separated from Karen and blah, blah, blah. None of that's true. And none of this is going away to get rid of the family business element because none of the businesses, none of anything anyone's ever seen has been owned by my family. No one has any skin in the game, not Tad, not mom, definitely not core. And like no one has ownership and therefore money and risk. A lot of people aren't listening to this podcast and a lot of people aren't actually wanting to know what actually is going on. Um, And while I try to be respectful in how I talk about it, I also try to be very open and honest. And so many of these people just want to say like it's all ending because – Mina's a terrible person and she's obviously the problem because everyone in her family has a problem with her and she's closing all the businesses because no one wants her there anymore. And it's hard. I'm not going to pretend it's not hard to see and I try not to see it, but but I do. Um, But also, um, I'm going to take a small aside because I got a really, really nice after the episode about pretty much where I cried the whole time and was was falling apart. Um, wasn't sure how that episode was going to be received. And it was actually a really, really amazing outpouring from people about just it being relatable again, which I think is nice and makes it even more important to me to keep doing this because that's why I'm doing it and that's why I'm talking. I actually have a whole episode <laughs> that I'm recording about if you guys remember, my I, I got given that book that says pretty much why you should shut the F up. So I'm going to do a whole episode about why I've thought through all the reasons. Like, should I shut up? And I've thought through all the reasons about why I'm actually not shutting up. So the I'm a hot mess episode, I got a bunch of really supporting messages on Instagram and actually a ton of you um, called in and left voicemails on the voicemail box. And I appreciate that like so, so, so much. Even if I don't read them all on the podcast, I'm actually, I I do, I do see them all. So thank you guys. Okay. I found the voicemail. I actually read it to my husband this morning because right now I'm recording this and it's actually the day after the I'm a hot mess episode. (laughs) 
And this comment just made me start crying. Hi, Mina. It's Barbara. I just wanted to say that I look forward to your many Instagram posts every day. You bring joy and happiness to my life. Um, I don't think you're a hot mess at all. I think you're just grieving right now. You're grieving for the family that you wish you had, for a show that you wish you had, for all the dreams that you think um, didn't come true. Um, it's a process. It's a process. Feel the emotions. Just cry. Grieve. Don't feel guilty. Your kids know you love them. It's apparent in all your videos. So don't worry about that. You're an amazing mother. You're a great wife. You're a great human. And you know, the best thing is, you know, six months from now, you'll be on a new path and only good things will happen. I feel it. I know it. You deserve it. I wish you the best and I love you and you will be fine. Take care. I feel like she just like hit the nail on the head that that is what is happening. Like I'm in this grieving process of all these wishes and dreams and hopes that feel like I failed and that they didn't come true. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to that. And it's just, that's that's what headquarters is to me. That's what the closing of the store is to me. Um, and it's super hard. So try to give me grace on it, guys. Um, but I'm going to move on to Charlotte Hall because I have a lot of questions about Charlotte Hall as well. Hi, Mina. Do you still have Charlotte Hall? Charlotte Hall was the project I did on Risky Business, and I do still own it. It is still a rental. So if you guys want to stay there, we still have it in Indy. <laughs> it hasn't hit the chopping block just yet. Um, although I tried originally because I was very angry at Charlotte Hall for a while. But you can go to um, our website, and there's a link where you can um, through HoneyBook where you guys can book to stay in Charlotte Hall. Um, so I'm really hoping I can hold on to that at least until Charlie's old enough to. <laughs> care and understand that that's kind of like her name, her namesake, or she's the namesake, whatever direction that goes. A couple things from the episodes that have aired um, that I want, that I've got updates on about, um, are we doing like homeowner projects? Uh, it, the Austin and MJ, like when they stopped working for us, when they started, um, I have taken on a couple homeowner renovations, which is really fun. Um, I It's a double-edged sword. I love getting to work with homeowners. Um, because it's fun and different and I can do what they actually want versus having to do everything in, you know, white and gray and neutral. So it's sellable. Uh, on the other hand though, it's other people's opinions. And, you know, as a designer and a builder, I'm like, I want to build what I want to build. So, but having a lot of fun with it though, we've got a couple of projects going on right now. Um, and they're like some bigger scale, um, home renovations. So we are doing that, you guys, if you're local to indie. MJ and Austin haven't been with the company, oh gosh, how long? Maybe six months now. And MJ is still designing and he's actually, um, his first art show coming up. Um, he's always been really passionate about painting. So he started doing that a lot. And before I actually started the process of downsizing, which sounds terrible, it was really, really hard for me. And I know I've talked about that. And I wanted to try to find like, a soft landing space for as many people on my team as I could. And one of the things that I I did, because Ted does have his own company, is I reached out to him and said, you know, two of the people on the team, Austin being one of them, I'm not in a position where I can maintain the large team anymore. I would like to be able to go to them with an option 
when I go to them and say, I can't, I can't maintain you anymore. Um, and that worked that I Tad said, yes, I have room on my team. Um, and he actually, uh, took on Austin, who's an amazing employee as well as another one of my employees, Danny for a while. Um, so that's where they landed. Um, and MJ is still a little dolo, you know, doing his own thing, loving it, doing art and design. Next update is the lake house. Cause so many of you guys ask about that. So the lake house is something um, Steve and I have been looking at casually for probably three years. And I want something like, <laughs> this is my new dream because all my other dreams have I've given up on and I'm grieving them. So I have to have a new dream baby. But it's this place that I can see in my mind that's going to be for my family, but also for my extended family to like make these new amazing memories. I have so many friends that I hear like, tell these great stories about growing up at like their grandparents' lake house and like running around in the woods and building forts and like just being kids. And I just, I want that for my kids. I love living downtown, but I want this balance. It's this new thing in life I'm trying to like figure out at almost 39 is this balance. So found this property. It's 35 minutes from Indy. It's on a, a little lake, but it's like a great community, which I really like. And so Steve and I are renovating it. We're doing it in two phases because I don't have enough money to do the whole thing at once, despite what a lot of people think. I'm not rich. Um, so we're doing the main floor of the house, which encompasses like most of like it's the living room, the dining room, the kitchen. It's the main bedroom and bathroom. And then it's two bedrooms and another bathroom that'll be for the kids. And then the second phase is going to be like the the outdoor chunk in the back and the basement, which is going to be the extended family kind of space. So it's a second living space, another kitchenette, another bathroom, and then like a ton of sleeping spaces. So what I know right now is first phase, we are filming for a two episode um, like spinoff. Um, and it's been really fun so far because Steve's involved a lot. Um, the kids are there a lot. MJ and Austin are there for demo. Um, and it just kind of feels like getting back to when I started, like, and it was just really like fun and everything was joyful. So I'm excited for you guys to see that. I hope you really like it. It's a super cool property. It's very like mid-century modern, which is not my style. So doing the design, I'm trying to like respect that while still kind of giving it my own spin. Um, and I don't know when that will air or what that will look like, but that is happening. There was another question uh, that I wanted to uh, play, and it's from Robbie about balance and kind of like self-care and wearing a lot of hats. I mean, it's Robbie. I don't know if you got my last message, but uh, due to technical difficulties, I'm going to be sending another one again. So if you didn't get that last one, you can get this one. Um, so I have been a fan of your podcast for a while, and I noticed that you wear a lot of hats. You know, you are a mom, you are a businesswoman, you do you do TV, you have a TV show, you have all these things. I'm curious, how does Mina take care of Mina? What do you do to take care of of you? You know, like do you go to spa days, do you do meditation? Like what are some tools that you use because it sounds like you wear a lot of hats and uh you know, yeah. So let me know what, uh, what do you use to take care of you? All right. Thanks so much. Love the podcast. Uh, take care. Bye. I think I've talked about this before, but I probably don't do enough. I probably don't do like 
I was raised where like you don't like you don't use sick days. Like you go to work when you're sick. Like what's a sick day? Like you get you get brownie points for like pushing through the pain or doing the hard thing when the other person is taking the the reasonable way out. Like that's just how I was raised and I'm realizing now at almost 39 like you don't get extra points in life for going to work when you're sick, for not taking care of yourself, for not slowing down. Like literally no one cares. And there's, um, you know, I'm sure there's some quote, I don't remember what it is, but the point of it is, is the only person like, uh, like when you're dead, the only, or when you're at the end of your life, the only person that's going to remember that you worked, you know, you worked extra hours, you put in the extra effort and weren't home is going to be your kids. No one in the office is going to be like, yeah, on Mina's deathbed, but she was really awesome because she stayed those extra two hours. And it's just, you know, take everything for a great assault because we all still need to have balance. But it's taken me a really long time to understand what I want my balance to look like. And I want my kids to have the work ethic I have, but I also want them to have boundaries. And the drive and the work ethic without boundaries is where I feel like I got to kind of an unhealthy level because I will just push myself and I will go and I will go and I will go and I will do it all and I will handle it all until I'm sick, until my body is broken. I literally, I don't know if you guys can see this, but I have like KT tape on my neck because I just came back from physical therapy because I've developed TMJ because the muscles in my jaw are so tight because I internalize like all my stress. Um, so the one thing I do is every two weeks I get a massage. I think I've talked about that. And my massage was yesterday. And I went to the jaw physical therapist today and told her that. And she was like, and you're still this bad. Like that, that's really bad. You're probably the worst case I've ever seen. Um, so I'm trying to do the things and take the time, like go to the jaw physical therapist because I can't open my mouth all the way because it's so tight. Um, and things like that trying to take the time, you know, like my kids are just on fall break and it's a Thursday and a Friday and a Monday and Tuesday. Like those are work days. Like, and in my head, I should be working. Like the kids should be being taken care of and I should be working. And I didn't do that. Like there was a little bit, the kids came to work with me a little bit, but it was a much healthier, it was a mix. Whereas before I would have been like, okay, I'll put him in daycare at school because I still have a lot to do. Like I will always end the day with things still on my plate. I don't have the kind of job like, you know, bankers where you can go, you clock in, clock out, and you can turn your brain off. That's not my life. I don't want it to be my life, but I'm trying really hard to find a healthier balance of how I handle the things that I know are still on my plate at the end of every day. Um, so it's definitely still a work in progress, but thank you for the question. Um, I want to play this voicemail question from Casey to wrap out the episode. Um, so here we go. Hi, Mina. This is Casey. Huge fan of the show. Uh, thank you for never shutting the fuck up. I'm a big fan and I appreciate your vulnerability and your willingness to share so much of your life. Um, my question for you is knowing everything that you know now, um, what do you wish you knew before you started this whole process of, you know, influence and HGTV and people kind of knowing who you are? Is there anything you wish you would have known now or something that you would go back and tell your younger self before it all started? Um, huge fan of you, your family. Um, thanks for all that you do. 
I was listening to another podcast, um, and this podcaster quoted Louis Capaldi. If you guys aren't familiar, Google Louis Capaldi. It's amazing. But kind of the story is Louis was singing in these pubs, the same songs, the same music forever. Um, and then he got famous, and he's now singing the same songs and the same music, and he's being treated completely differently. And he actually had to take some time away from performing because he started developing um, these these like th- these ticks. And I think when that question was posed to him, his answer was really insightful. And he said, "You know, I." I I'm the same. I'm singing the same songs. It's the same music. It's just the people around me that are different. And he said, fame doesn't change you. It just changes the people around you. And I think for the most part, that's very true. I would never say that I haven't changed. I definitely have changed. Most of the ways I'm proud of and happy with, there's 100% been moments where I've done things I'm not happy with. And, you know, towards the end of our most recent season, was one of those times and it was really hard, but I stopped myself. I was like, this isn't who I want to be. This is not me standing beside like my morals, my ethics, how I want others to treat me, how I want to treat people. And I did a reset. Um, and I said, I apologized to the people that I needed to apologize to. And I was like, I haven't been being who I want to be and I'm not proud of it. And I'm sorry. And I'm going to do better. Um, I think if I, what I knew before the whole process started, I think I knew it. I think I knew the thing that this was going to be hard and it was going to challenge relationships because when you put anything under a spotlight and a pressure cooker, um, there's the opportunity to explode. And I myself am not stable enough to not explode at times, let alone like my whole complicated family organization that was put under the spotlight and the pressure cooker and with so many different people, with so many different issues, weaknesses, um, things left to learn. I just wish I had known how bad it could be. Like, I think I was very naive to the fact that, you know, the things that my mom and I had gone through previously to the show, like, okay, it's not going to, we made it through all that. Like we can make it through this and, you know, naive to think that these people who came along and were part of this with me, um, and supported me while I gave them an opportunity along the way would always feel the value of that opportunity. And, it's just really hard being on the other side and feeling like some of the people that have been part of this feel like they are where they are today with the opportunities they have today in spite of me not in part because of an opportunity that was provided. And that's just kind of hard and it sounds it feels weird saying, but like anyone can be given an opportunity. If you don't rise to the occasion, it doesn't matter. But I guess I just wish I knew how much more it would actually challenge me mentally and emotionally than it did. Um, I still love it. I still, I love what I do. And I actually, 
weirdly enough, even though it was never a goal of mine, like I love making TV. Um, I love working like with the people. I love doing something different every day and something that's challenging. And I have a great relationship with the network still and moving forward, we'll still do things with them. But I think being so young, not having the understanding even enough to know what boundaries I needed to set is what I would say is something I wish I had known. That you need to be firm and understand your boundaries from the very beginning because it's really hard to change. It's hard to go back. If you, you know, if you're a yes person, when you start saying no, you're not just a person anymore. Like if you start setting boundaries from the beginning, think about any relationship you've been in. And if from the very beginning, you know, whether it's a friendship, a family relationship, a work relationship, um, you know, let's use work for example. And work starts and it's it's a nine to five. Um, and they're like, oh, well, can you come at 8.45? Okay, can you stay till 5.30? Can you stay maybe till 5.45? And before you know it, you're working from eight to six, getting paid the same. And it was this slippery slope. And you're like, how did we get here? How did I get to working 60 hours a week when I'm like being paid to work 40? It's because you didn't set firm boundaries to begin with because you want to be nice. You want to be that person that's like, yeah, no, I can stay 15 extra minutes. And again, this is just an example. But I wasn't in a place to like really understand that and trying to go backwards after you've been, you know, working your eight to six and be like, I'm never doing that again. I'm only doing nine to five. They'd be like, why are you so mad? Like what's wrong? So because you got to that point, now you are the problem. You are the one that's, you know, the stick in the mud. Um, And it's a really hard kind of concept to navigate and understand because it's like you don't know what you don't know. Like you don't know – stupid people don't know they're stupid. You don't know what you don't know. So you don't know that being this person that's like making some accommodations here and there is going to turn into this, you know, landslide of of shit. Um, but it can. And then to undo the landslide, it's super uncomfortable and it makes a lot of people unhappy. And – if I had known that, I think I, I 100% would have still done this. The, uh, the opportunities I've had are amazing. Um, but I think I would have tried to have respected and set boundaries earlier on. So I just encourage you guys to do that too. You know, whether it's a relationship, when, you know, when things are new and it's exciting with someone, you're like, okay, it doesn't matter that she showed up 20 minutes late for dinner for the third time or he, you know, fill in the blank. Um, when people show you who you are, believe them and either accept them or set a boundary and make sure they respect it. If you're okay with dating someone and then marrying someone that's going to be 20 minutes late for the rest of your life, super cool. That's awesome. If you're not, don't pretend that's okay because you want to be like the people pleaser. It's so much harder to undo. Think about you know dating that person for a year and then being late and then you guys getting engaged and getting married and then you have a blow up fight because she or he or whatever is 20 minutes late for the wedding. You're like, I'm always 20 minutes late. Why does it matter? Well, now it matters. And trying to undo that is it just undoing the landslide is really hard. So try to think things through at every level. I'm not saying be nitpicky, but 
understand who you are, who the people around you are, and what is acceptable behavior and treatment from the people that are around you and hold them to a standard that you decide is is what you want around you um, because it's really hard to go back and do it after the fact. So that's most of my life updates. I'm in jaw physical therapy. I'm renting headquarters in the store, hopefully. Charlotte Hall's still popping if you want to rent it, and my life's still a mess. Um, thank you guys all for the voicemails. Again, thank you for like the supporting ones you guys send in. Um, I didn't even, I don't listen back to all the recordings I do because I think sometimes I'd be like, never mind, delete that one. That was gross. Um, so I didn't listen to the I'm a hot mess one, but all your comments, um, make it worth it. So thank you guys so much. Um, we've got some good stuff coming. Um, and I'll see you next Tuesday. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.